This is part two of our discussion about Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. If you missed part one, go back an episode, catch up, and meet us right back here. On paper, everyone involved felt like Rob Thomas and Carlos Santana was a really weird combination. Uh, might I say, unlikely. Yeah. Rob wrote his lyrics and melody, changing the key of the song in the process. And originally, he'd been writing the songs about Carlos himself. Smooth was a reference to Carlos's guitar playing. But the more he wrote, the more he started writing about his girlfriend, Marisol. As Rob yeah. puts it verbatim, I also realized somewhere in the middle of it that I had the, this wealth of information because I had this smoking hot Latin girlfriend already. <laughs> so he's, he's informed <laughs> that, by his personal life. By the way, is her in the video? It is. Yeah. 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 She's the main, yeah, Theo, she's oh, the main fun. dancer in the video. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, she's uh, the girl in the car. Yeah. Who you kind of mm-hmm. see first. Yeah. Beautiful. And then she's dancing in front of Carlos while he's playing. And uh-huh. yeah. So Rob went to the EMI publishing office with the lyrics written on a yellow legal pad and sang the song for Pete and Evan, his publisher. At this point, the part that starts with, and if you said this life ain't good enough, was the chorus. Pete and Evan asserted that it seemed like something else should follow that part, something catchier that can be the main chorus. So they hooked up Rob with Ital, who wrote Room 17, and they together wrote the, the chorus, We All Now Know. Ital was a little confused about some of the lyrics and asked Rob, why do you know about this Your Mamacita and Your Spanish Mona Lisa? <laughs> and he was like, oh, my girlfriend's Puerto Rican. And Ital was like, oh, yeah, cool. And I'll point out, that the uh, Spanish Mona Lisa line was inspired by Elton John's Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. Mm-hmm. Spanish uh, one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. All-timer. Yeah. Uh, you know who does a good version of that song that. is Mandy Moore. Really? True story, yeah. Really? She did, it's on her cover song. Wow. And, uh, I will be listening that, to that, that this evening. That, like, Absolutely. yeah, it was after her first, like, couple of pop albums when she was, like, kind of trying to grow a little bit. Yeah. She did, she did an all-covers album. And she does The Whole of the Moon and Senses Working Overtime. And it's like, oh, she's she got taste. And she also does Mona wow. and Manhattan. So it's, pretty, it's good. Some of that folky stuff she was doing mm-hmm. was really great. She really was awesome. So Evan, uh, Rob's publisher, mm-hmm. heard the new chorus and loved the melody, but he didn't love the first two lines, which were Give me something hot to make me move. Get my motor running so I can get to you. Evan said, what is this, born to be wild? <laughs> and Rob said, well, I wanted Ital to have a couple of lines in there. You know, it's his song. He's the one who started it. Evan asked if Rob had any ideas for those lines, and he said, yeah. Mine were, just like the ocean <laughs> under the moon, that's the same as the emotion that I get from you. <laughs> and Evan said, wow. so do you want to tell Ital, or do you want me to tell <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Amazing. God. What's also incredible is that this whole time that this has been going on with Rob, Carlos had no idea that Rob was even involved with the yeah. song. Oh. Uh, he hadn't even heard the song, and he hadn't even heard Room 17. They were just, like, trying to make this song for Carlos. And uh, Clive heard Rob's, Rob and Atal's version and loved it and sent it via mail to Carlos. And he hated it. Wow. He specifically thought it sounded too much like this song, Guajira, from 1971 by Santana. He said it was too similar, and I don't want to do anything I've already done before. Okay. We'll be the judge of that. (laughs) We'll tell Carlos what we think. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I see where he's going with it, but... I'm pretty sure it's in the same key. So that okay. probably has something to do with it. Okay. I hear it. I hear it. But you're telling me this doesn't sound like it. anything else that they've done as well? Yeah. Right. Like, or anything else from this record? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I also respect that he's like, I don't want to do anything I've done before. Like, yeah, he seems to be somebody who's just like, how much money do I need? Uh, you know what I mean? How famous do I really want to be? You know, like, he's he's certainly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's eating well, you know, like he's got a roof over his head. I think he's got a good attitude of just like, I don't want to take over the world. I mean, that's why for 20 years he was just having fun. He wants to be on the radio for his kids. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, so endearing. So Carlos suggested they combine parts of this song, Rob's song, 
with another song he'd written in Portuguese for the album. <laughs> and Pete said, we're, we're not doing that. <laughs> so after some back and forth, Carlos said he would record the song if Clive Davis himself said he loved the song. So Clive wrote him a letter and faxed it to him. And Carlos faxed back, yes. Wow. wow. That he would do wow. it. Wow. I mean, so, can't argue with Clive, right? I mean, okay. yeah. We can't argue with the facts from Clive Davis. Clive says, however, that he remembers playing Carlos the song on the phone, and he describes an apparatus he used to use for this purpose so that the song, so that any music he was playing over the phone would be of the utmost sound quality it could possibly be going over the phone. And Clive says that Carlos loved the song right away, but everybody else that I've been reading interviews with does not remember it this way, and it's all the story that we just heard. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's a mix of the two. Oh, bullshit. The truth is that Carlos didn't like it, but Clive is telling a story, you know, weaving yeah. a tale and making it huge. I loved it. Carlos yeah. loved it. We knew immediately <laughs> it was a hit. I, I also am thinking, like, this is this seems like to Clive such a proud moment in his career, this whole thing, that I think he is kind of avoiding the drama. And he's like, it was yeah. amazing. It was great. Like, loved it. Like, and I respect that. Well, now is the time to decide who is going to sing it. Suggestions included George Michael, who was Rob Thomas's suggestion. Wow. And in fact, Rob says he was mostly trying to imitate George Michael while recording the song. Okay. I don't hear it. And John Bon Jovi was another that was considered. Interesting. Just imagine that for a second. Chew chew on that. (laughs) I can hear that more. Oh, interesting. George, I, I am I gotta say I'm not I'm not quite hearing, but yeah, but yeah. Okay. I can I can kinda hear John Bon Jovi. Yeah. I mean rock rock influence singers like, you know, yeah. not too far off from Rob Thomas. Um right. Evan, uh the publisher as well as Rob's manager, suggested that Rob just do it. And Clive knew that with where Matchbox twenty was at, this was their best shot at radio. So wow. they went with Rob. Well, they went with Rob. They told Carlos and sent him Rob's demo. Carlos Carlos wasn't into it first. He recounts, With all due respect to Rob, I said, I'm having a little challenge believing you that what you're singing is true. In Layla Cobo's book, Decoding Despacito, an oral history of Latin music, Rob says that Carlos said to him, Hey, you must be married to a Latin woman. That's the kind of thing a white guy married to a Latin woman would say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> amazing wow uh and after talking with rob on the phone carlos was assured and said that spiritually rob had what it takes to be on the song okay. so Love that. Okay. we got rob carlos is in now they had to figure out the legal aspects of it rob was signed to lava not arista and lava didn't want to give their new stars vocals to a direct competitor especially if it was going to be a lead single so they had two things to negotiate here but Rob was so passionate and adamant that Lava said, okay. Rob also seek the approval of his bandmates in Matchbox 20. However, from how he described it, they thought it was going to be like a live in La Vida Loca thing, and they were not into it. But Rob assured them it was a cool Santana song, and they said, of course, go do what you got to do, Rob. Okay. Now, a cool Santana song is not really a thing in the year 2000. So that's, that's, a <laughs> that's true. Faith. That's true. Or 1999 or whatever well, it was. So, yeah. He's like a cool 71 Santana song. Yeah. Yeah. Something uh, you'd hear at an all-star jam at the Grammys or whatever. Yeah. yeah right. Not exactly. cool necessarily, exactly. but yeah. Yeah. The recording sessions were in Sausalito, close to Carlos's home in San Francisco, with pro- producer Matt Sertelik. Uh, who had worked with Matchbox 20, but was originally a salsa musician and studied Latin music in college. So it was really a perfect choice. Carlos was burning incense in the studio and gifted Rob an elaborate tapestry when they met, though Rob was understandably very nervous about their meeting. So I'm sure the tapestry helped. Mm -hmm. The band had rehearsed recorded music in just a few takes. It's worth noting that Santana, the band at this point, was also full of power players. As a 2019 Esquire retrospective piece about the song written by Bayard Duncan. Do you know? Do you know Bayard I don't, Duncan? I don't. Dave? No. Well, wrote this for Esquire in 2019. Okay. 
the band included keyboardist Chester Thompson, who played with the precision funk outfit Tower of Power for years before joining Santana's band, trumpet player Julius Melendez, who spent a decade in the U.S. Navy band before a stint with the Grateful Dead, and Benny Rietveld, who in the 1980s toured around the world with Miles Davis. So we don't we don't have any chumps in the studio here. No, they got it in a couple takes, no problem. Um, Rob and Carlos recorded their parts at the same time together to take advantage of the energy. Oh, so cool. Rob singing, Carlos mm-hmm. playing guitar at the same time. Um, they got it in three takes. Damn, love that. The song was arranged so it was a duet between Rob and Carlos's guitar. As you could hear in the song, they're rarely playing at the same time. They're never really playing over each other. Rob said that Matchbox 20 was definitely getting pretty good, but playing with Carlos was a whole other beast and made him think they needed to step their game up. Yup. <laughs> which is which is pretty cool. Uh, and this is prior to them making Mad Season, so I wouldn't be surprised. That album also has like some kind of international elements in it, different instrumentation, so kind of makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, the producer, he put what he calls a radio effect on Rob's verse vocal. Man, it's a hot one. Like seven inches from the midday sun. Well, I hear you whispering the words. Kind of like a tinny sort of quality to his voice. Kind of sounds like he's singing through a megaphone or like a CB radio. Um, So Matt was imagining street parties in New York and and uh like narrow banded transistor radios uh pete the anr anr guy did not like this uh, and he went to clive and said this isn't cool and clive said hey pete you did your job so let matt do his now wow what a line pretty cool what a line that's pretty cool yeah several folks have recounted that line so that that definitely happened that's good when going to radio with the single they really had to do a lot of strategizing. Will Top 40 play Santana? Will they play a song featuring such an unlikely duo? Will they understand this genre-wise? But when Santana was opening for Dave Matthews in New York, he wanted to debut Smooth live at the show. And Rob was in town. I was just about to say, I saw Dave Matthews at Veterans Stadium uh, in 99, and it was The Roots and Santana. What? The wow. Roots and the Santana? the only time I've seen Santana oh my like god you saw this tour show <laughs> yeah, that was, it was insane wow. yeah yeah that's like a that's like so a great. triple co-headline like that's crazy yeah. Yeah. at the time the roots were just like a philly band you know so they were first of three wow so you saw this tour we're talking about wow. that's that's amazing i did um well they de- they debuted smooth on that tour at this show rob was there sang it and as the history books say the crowd went wild Clive, Pete, Rob, Carlos, they all knew they were onto something based on the crowd reaction. And even Dave Matthews was like, that was cool. That was really cool. So we're close. Because of the questions that they were asking about radio, Arista sent out copies to radio stations with the artist name redacted. It said, Smooth Mystery Artist. Interesting. Had that ever happened before? They did. I would imagine. Yeah. I, I don't know if this idea was concocted just for this. I was thinking maybe like Share Believe might have been a time when they did that. Maybe. Because I know they were fighting kind of the same thing at the time where they were like, yeah. if it's Share, Top 40 might not play it. Um, I don't know. Um, but I found that amusing and also looked for photos of the scene. Oh, yeah. Couldn't find it. Yeah, they didn't want to have this knee-jerk reaction to Santana, you know, given given his age and what where, and also musically where he came from, you know decades prior of course hot ac was on board right away they they were playing it what else what else was happening on those charts at the time that's always such an interesting let's see living la vida loca sure bylamos mambo number five okay so you know i was gonna get into this okay i was getting into this but like yeah we're at the perfect moment right yeah yeah um i want it that way backstreet boys great song great um uh, I know I loved you by Savage Garden. Sure. Amazed by Lone Star. Ooh. Country on there. <laughs> that song with you. Uh, if I could turn back the hands of time by artist redacted. Um, I still believe by Mariah Carey. Breathe by Faith Hill. Sure. 
blockbuster. I didn't say that Faith Hill song was big. Ooh, Beautiful yeah. Stranger by Madonna. Great song. Great song. Um, oh, yeah. From, from Austin Powers. Yeah. Um, Macy Gray, In St. Glorious Estefan. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Theo, a song we covered recently, Ever, Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen. Oh, boy. Um, hey. There it there is. There we go. Um, Shania Twain. Um, okay. Mark Anthony. There's another one. Yeah. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Yes. The stage um, so is they're set. all over it. It really is. And, and that was going to be, you know what? I'm glad that came up because I was going to make that point anyway. Like the Latin explosion is, is started. I think Jennifer mm-hmm. Lopez is about to come out with her, yeah. her big record. I mean, there's, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot going on in that world. Um, but a few top 40 stations in major markets started playing it after the hot AC stations and the rocket left the launch pad. It was happening. It's funny because I was going to make a point about all those artists, like a lot of those artists who had Latin crossover hits hadn't collaborated with with rock artists like that wasn't those worlds weren't happening together. I think that's another thing that really helped this song explode even more than some of those other songs. Uh, It was it was it was momentous. It was it was almost like a Run DMC Aerosmith kind of thing, like what the hell are these guys doing together? But this is this is perfect sense. And it was. It was like the Rob Thomas ended up being the perfect person for it because you like even if you knew the band, even if you had the album or like knew all of the six massive hit songs or whatever, um, you like you didn't have an opinion about him really. You know, you didn't get to know him. Yeah, he wasn't like he wasn't in your face all the time. He didn't have like we weren't sure who he was quite yet. So you you wouldn't dismiss the song yeah. because it was him. You know, you wouldn't go to it because it was him, but you wouldn't have like prejudice listening to it. But if it was Santana and Bon yeah. Jovi, a lot of uh, people would yeah. be like, "Hard no." I'm just I'm just not even yeah. getting a shot. They're just like, nah, that you know, yeah, yeah. It's it 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 was yeah. It made sense when this would have come out, and it said Santana featuring Rob Thomas. I mean, I remember seeing the video, but I don't remember the first time I saw mm-hmm. it. I mm-hmm. think I would have thought, "Who's Rob Thomas?" Right. Or I yeah. know that name. I think like it wasn't mm-hmm. uh and Dave to your point people didn't know who he was but I, I the guy's story is incredible like we got to know who this yeah. guy is <laughs> Yeah yeah just yeah. like this this is uh it, it's really a per- it's a perfect storm it's truly it really is. perfectly concocted though somewhat accidentally um yeah. so it turns out that Rob didn't even know it was the lead single until he heard it coming out of a convertible in Manhattan yeah, heard on the radio. He's like, <laughs> wow. "Oh, record's not out yet." I, I think that might be the lead single. And the moment that he knew that this was this was happening, this was going to be a huge phenomenon. He was in a, an elevator in Los Angeles, and Jason Newstead from Metallica <laughs> was in the elevator with him. And he said, "Hey, I really love that Santana song." <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was like, oh, "Metallica knows this song. Yeah. Like, this is crazy." <laughs> I didn't know where to fit this in, but I have to mention that this album, Supernatural, was called Mumbo Jumbo up until like right before they printed all the CDs and they wow. changed it to Supernatural. That's uh, that change. is a Good very change. smart move. What a dumb <laughs> definitely. <name>. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that came from or how it happened, but it was a good thing they changed. Absolutely. It. Good lord. And as with almost all hits at this time. The video was a big part of the promotion and growth of the song. It was all over MTV and VH1, as I'm sure Dave can attest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Played the hell out of High it. rotation. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's, uh, let's all enjoy this video. <laughs> let's get into it. What do you say? Why not? I like that it starts with that little radio piece. It kind of leads into what you're saying about having the radio yeah. tin oh, his voice. It totally works with Matt's vision of it being very uh, fastball-esque. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're so right. Because the bang of that yes. of the way has that uh, the transistor radio and the jewel mm-hmm. song, and even here, like looking at Rob Thomas, he's not. It's not like oh him again, you know. Like he's he's still he's still new. We're still kind of getting to know this guy. So it makes sense. Also, the cowboy hat really works. Sure. It really works in this. Yeah, he looks great. He, he rocks it. I knocked yeah. it earlier. And Matchbox like, yeah, 20 is southern in kind of like an REM sort of way. So it kind of, I don't know. I like it. Yeah, God, this was inescapable. 
definitely. I had a thought. I was like, has Dave heard this song way too many times? Should I go with something No, I mean, else? I have. Of course, I've heard it a bajillion times, uh, as everyone else had. I don't think I've heard it any more or less than anyone else. We did play it a lot, but, you know, we were not yeah. really there. Really. Yeah. You know, except for live shows. We would just sort of yeah. do stand-ups. Right. And then yeah, of course. Um, but, you know, th- this was right around the time that Rob and I were, like, friendly and, and Marisol and, 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 you know, this song was blowing up yeah. and it was... And I remember that Soho apartment uh, and and it was, like, things were changing. You know what I mean? Like, they had... I, I believe they yeah. had, like, the, the Mad Season was more or less finished and... Uh, but this song was blowing up and it was so... And the album was selling, like, crazy, crazy millions of copies and uh, it was like, oh wow, your like your whole thing's about to like your level of stardom might not be changing, but your uh, income tax bracket is going to change dramatically. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say your your mailbox yeah. checks well, are getting yeah. a lot bigger. <laughs> well, and that that stuff that stuff the money takes a long time. It's like you'll have a hit song, you'll have a hit record. It's going to be a year. Maybe more until that stuff starts coming in. It may, yeah, it may not come along with stardom growing. Right. It's just like, oh, this is from that stuff we did two yeah, years ago. Yeah. But when something is just an absolute freaking blockbuster, it's just, you, you just, you know, you're, you're, you can, you know, you start putting yeah, money yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. charge some things because you know you're <laughs> you going to spend it. Yeah. 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 It's coming. It's coming. But yeah. This video is such a party. In fact, Theo, it reminds me of. Like an updated version of Buster Poindexter, Hot Hot Hot. Uh-huh. Like that video. Thing. It's very similar. In New York, lots of different people partying together. It's it's not quite as hokey, yeah. but uh, it's kind of a yeah. similar vibe. Was it actually filmed in New York? Yeah, it was. It, it was. Um, okay. It was filmed. I didn't write down the street name, but I saw it. It was filmed in, in Harlem on a closed street. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, I did. I found the the, the street digging around on reddit people had like figured it out based on how it looked at that time because apparently this block is is looks very different now okay yeah oh, i'm sure like all of new like google street view wasn't really doing yeah. the trick. but yeah that's that's marisol in the she's the main mm-hmm. main dancer in the video and she and she and rob are still married they're still together they're uh that's yeah they're upstate somewhere in like westchester or something or uh you know they're like off Great. the treadmill and just counting those, counting those smooth dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's still playing video games. Who knows? A lot of artists that we've talked about that were in New York in like the 70s, 80s, 90s live upstate yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were talking about it. Yeah. You I know, would, New York is too. just unsustainable yeah. after a certain point in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even the parts of Harlem yeah, where sure. big, good, sweaty dance parties happen. You can't, you can't do that forever. You can't do it forever. <laughs> Rob and Marisol married two weeks before Smooth went to number mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fun. There yeah. was a, he hired a, Mar- it was, Where uh, was, the it wedding, was in Santa Barbara. It was at like a big estate. In Sa- I was outside oh, in a big estate and he, uh, and Rob surprised her with a giant mariachi band. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, it, was, yeah. Uh, it was really cool. It's a fun wedding. He should have hired Carlos's dad's band. That would have been full. Oh sorry. wow, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he did. I, you know, I don't remember whether Carlos was there. Um, I was. Mm. Yeah. All of this stuff is like I remember the big things, but like the details, it, everything was so yeah. strange that I, that I like I did not journal the way that I was supposed to, and I and I like like it, it just everything was so weird. <laughs> I need to start yeah. doing that. It was hard. I mean, my therapist has been telling me, yeah. but also because I was, I was just, I think I sent you this article, Thea, but uh, I was just at a concert recently with a bunch of friends. We were really excited about it. It was, uh, it was the, the Blink-182, the reunion oh, wow. tour that just yeah. happened. And we were all like, we don't really remember a lot of the show. That's so weird. And uh, this, this Time article, it just, I think it was Time, had come out about how when you like really build yourself up for big events, like your brain is in like fight or flight yeah. mode. Cause you're so excited. Yeah. And the part that, that retains memory is like totally in the yeah. back burner. So if you're super excited about something or it's just so much social interaction or all these things are going on, like you're at a wedding or a 
bachelor party or just hanging out with old friends or whatever, like it's really hard for you yeah. to retain all of that. It's it's shock. And I feel that way about weddings yeah. a lot. It's it's like a form of shock. Like you're there's a part of you that like calms you down and allows you to take over and, and like, you know, do the stuff you're supposed to do. But yeah, but the the forming of memories is uh is often difficult. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. The article said you should meditate before okay. these things. Smart. Uh how was turnstile? Turnstile fucking rock. I they love them. I, so I was much. familiar and I, I like the new album mm-hmm. and I've listened to it. They played one of the best opening sets I've seen in years. Imagine. They they played like they were the headliner. We also saw them in Baltimore, which is their head their hometown. Uh-huh. So like the crowd was insane. <sighs> they were they were so good. Wow. I love them. Theo, you saw that tour too. You saw it. Yeah, but we we got there too late. Yeah, I was I was bummed. I was bummed. Well, now you got to go see them at like Irving Plaza or wherever they play. Yeah, I'm done. God, they're so they're great. Um, Watch their long. They have a uh, it's called like Turnstile Love Connection or something. Um, They Mm -hmm. released like a long. It's like a 20 minute music video that's kind of like five songs all stacked up, and it's so good. Like it'll just make you a believer. They're I love them. Well, I, don't, I don't think I've watched that. So oh my God. I'm in. Oh I'm boy. in. Buckle up. Like they're a hardcore band, mm-hmm. but they have like new metal, like Deftones, Incubus things going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and like it's just it's super cool. It's a diverse yeah. band. Yeah, it's super neat. Yeah, love them. Great shit. Yeah, I wish Great I wish shit. there was like I wish the industry was like it was, so that they could be like huge, so they could have like a massive album, you know. Like I think it's coming. So rare these days. You I think know? it's coming. I think okay. I think that's a band we can we can bet on. Right. I think so. Right. We usually do a little chart peak guessing game on this show, okay. but uh, I don't think we need to know yeah. that. I don't think we. I don't think we need to do the game. I think we would have guessed yeah. number one either it's way. Number one, it's number, number one. It's number one, and it was summer, right? Uh, so this hit number one in the winter. Did it? Um. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh um so it was popular in the summer cuz I I swear to god at the public pool I was like this song was cool but like it is every 30 minutes. This is just Yeah. It's like how I felt about The Boy's Mine. Like The Boy's Mine was great. Yeah. And then at the public pool I was like this like this is crazy. And you both of you guys I would imagine get so into something that when you get sick of it it's it's a visceral bad feeling. Right? <laughs> <laughs> know, yeah, like when feeling. when you get oh, when yeah. you like oh, get yeah. so into it that you know every nuance and every moment of it, and then you start to dislike those moments because of exposure. That's that's a, that's a that's a sad feeling. Yeah. Dave, you can tell that we're the kind of people you were describing in Waiting for Impact. Mm-hmm. That we are just weirdos <laughs> who get obsessed with this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that with respect. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't those people. Mm-hmm. It was number one for three months, starting October twenty oh, third. Wow. So through the winter, through the winter, um, which is great because it's such a summer song. I yeah. feel like people people were. I just assume maybe they need to. I just assume, yeah. And it's and it's about to be Y two K and all that crazy stuff. Um, right. The interesting time for it. Um, it was on the Hot one hundred for a full year, and it was Santana's first number one. In oh, wow. their wow. entire career. Yep. Um, That's crazy. The second number one was Maria Maria, the second single oh. from the album. Oh, oh my God. I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. Really? That that's, that's the Y Clef yes. song. There's the Y Clef song with, uh, with the product G and B, I believe, was the vocal Are those the, duo. The singers? Who, who, yeah. Why didn't Y Clef just um, do the vocals on that song? I don't understand. Well, because I think I think they were proteges, and he wanted to kind of launch them. That's what he did, and that didn't really work. They they went on to have a song on the Doctor Doolittle or Doctor Doolittle Two soundtrack Ooh. called Cluck Cluck. Great, and uh, and I God. they they premiered the video on TRL, and I hosted that day, and I was like, uh, like so, th- what does the title mean? Like Cluck Cluck, and he and G or B or whoever was like, it's like you know when you're doing your thing, man, you Cluck Cluck it. I was like, okay, <laughs> oh, oh God. God. 
I don't Bless I'm you. Not, I don't want to have this conversation anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Let's look at the video. That, that song will get stuck in my head. But, but I hate Maria Maria because it's like, because it reminds me of a West Side story. Mm. This is like Maria Maria, which is like, yeah, but like, so West Side Story? Is that the West Side Story that it reminds you of? Is what about West it? Side Story? Yeah, it? Maria. And like, yeah. And what, yeah, what about, like, just that her name is Maria? Like, the in the West Side Story? Are we going to solve and the like, problem or what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's <laughs> looking for ways to make it better. Yeah. Um, it's just all these vague things. It's, like, it's, just, it's just so, like, vaguely written. It drives me nuts. Yeah, which is, which is funny yeah. because Wyclef was, I mean, I don't know how much he had to do with penning that song, but he just came off a record that mm-hmm. was so specific. Like, the lyrics were just, like, yeah. time and a place. Yeah, um, totally. That he, yeah, the, oh, God, I hate that fucking song. <laughs> oh, I, hate it. Um, I think I, I think I feel yeah. rather indifferent toward it, but I was a huge Fuji's head at the time. Sure. So I was like, yeah. Wyclef, like, whatever he does, yeah. you know, for a while. Yeah. Oh, also, she's living her life just like a movie star. How? How? <laughs> uh, especially in West Side <laughs> In Story, what way is she living her life like a movie star? Definitely not living that way at all. No, she's not. No. <laughs> It's Very just much the like it just yeah. every, everything is just like it's yeah. just a lot of claims that are really vague and that there's no nothing that supports them at all. Yeah. I know that I it's I'm, re, I'm thinking about it more than they did probably <laughs> now. We've but pinched like, a nerve. It just I like make it. Me, yeah, it makes me nuts. And also the Everlast song in this album, I don't like either. Uh, I think that was a um, number one alternative hit, which is crazy. Oh, it was God. it was huge. It's yeah. huge. It's huge. Yeah, that's, that's um, wild. And then that next then. The next one, he did a song with uh, Michelle Branch, which I love. Yes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to mention that in a, in a little bit. It's, uh, I oh, like that song, too. Sorry like to jump song. in. No, okay. don't. Of course. We're, that's what we're here for. As uh, our friend Tom Brahan at Stereogum, mm-hmm. friend, we don't know him. We just love his writing. Yeah. Uh, this, was, this song, Smooth, was the last number one hit of the 20th century. Oh, wow. Huh. Yes. Big one. Um, and Tom, of the millennium, yeah, the, yeah, of the millennium, <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah, that's true. Tom also said that smooth could also be considered the final chart eruption from the baby boomer generation that have ruled the charts for decades. It seems entirely fair to say that Carlos Santana was the last boomer icon to top the Hot 100. Yeah, I'm trying to think. That's still true, probably right. Yeah, I think that tracks. I mean that that piece was last year. Oh, so. then, yeah, definitely. Did this song. Mm-hmm. So you said it charted for three months. Did it chart at all in January or no? Yes. So it was number one in January? I think. Wait, October? October? Well, yeah. It, it was also the first number one hit yeah, of probably. the new millennium. All right. Because remember, we said that um, the. Oh, the Pina Colada song. Keyboard. Yeah. The, 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 the Pina Colada song was 79.80, was number one on both ends. Yeah. But I think oh. this was consistently number one. That one was. Right, once on on each on each end. But I still, I, I said this is potentially the only number one in two oh. decades. But it's not. But it's not. This is this is okay. wow. Next episode, we haven't even put out that episode yet. That's but true. <laughs> we've already answered the question that yes, this song did it too. That's crazy. Future That's so life. interesting. You know what else is smooth? <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? It's dark matter coffee from our friends in Chicago, Illinois. Dark matter coffee is making sustainably and ethically sourced coffee that is outstanding truly we drink it every day we want you to try it on us so head to darkmattercoffee.com fill up your cart full of all of their wonderful beans they've got variations collaborations different blends etc and use wanted a hit cast at checkout use the code wanted a hit cast and you can get as many beans you want free shipping right to your door that's from us to you check it out Let's take a quick look at what was going on on the Hot 100 at the time. Okay. Uh, we have Smooth, number one. Two is Heartbreaker, Mariah Carey featuring Jay-Z. Big mm-hmm. Which, uh, big moment for Jay-Z. Um, but right after Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. Um, three, In Sync and Gloria Estefan, Music of My Heart. Four, Unpretty a song, TLC. A great. song everyone remembers. So what? Music so, of my heart. Music of I, my heart. I was gonna say I did not remember that one at all. Yeah, if you if you put a gun to my head and made me <laughs> sing it, I have no idea what that song is. Forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, though the next one, "Unpretty TLC," I could probably sing oh, verbatim because sure. that's a great song. Yeah, classic, great song. 
uh, Mambo Number Five, Lou Bega, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point in this podcast. Sure, sure. Um, satisfy you, Puff Daddy, and R&B singer Redacted. Uh, I don't remember that song. Huh, yeah, I don't remember that at all. God, Puff Daddy's got so yeah. many hits that we have forgotten. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm surprised he's only in this top ten once. Um, My love is your love, Whitney Houston. Sure. Great song. Oh, yeah. uh, we can't be friends, Deborah Cox. Okay. Oh, I'm um, yeah. I need to know, Mark Anthony, killer song. Yeah. Uh, and number ten is Scar Tissue, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, oh boy. Wow. The oddball in the group. Strange. It is the oddball in the group. There's not a lot of rock. Not yeah. a lot of rock going on right now yeah. in the top ten. Uh, yeah, that was about to probably about to change with some pop punk and new metal and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty soon Damn there. Yeah. I would think. I, you know, I was saying, I was saying, like, God, what a what an incredible time for music. And I, I, there are fully three songs in that top ten that I don't remember at all. So, <laughs> I'm gonna jump the gun on that. I mean, uh, yeah. The time in general. I think every, was, I think seven out of ten. Was. That's pretty sure. good. That's pretty good. But also, yeah. like, still a time when the Hot 100 was very diverse musically. It was just like a, a survey yeah. of what's popular, um, which is cool. totally. And, yeah, top forty radio was all over the map. We don't really enjoy that anymore, unfortunately. Uh, a November tenth, nineteen ninety nine, San Francisco Gate article about this album, Supernatural's unlikely chart success, said. The album barely squeaked into the top 20 in its first week in mid-June, but began a steady climb to peak at number one, which is not common. That's that's a slow burn. Especially from, like, an established artist, you know? Like, if you... Yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah. You know, a, a band can get... Like, the first Matchbox 20 album built slowly over time. But, yeah, Carlos, it would seem like... Yeah. yeah it's... That would open, like, a big movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially that time, yeah blockbuster album um yeah that same esquire piece that that i mentioned that for the 20th anniversary uh also said that smooth was the second most popular song of all time according to billboard right behind chubby checkers the twist no nope. shit holy that was cow. in 1999 when they wrote the article oh, okay okay, yep. okay wow yep. still still but only That's... one only one song now has gotten ahead of those two songs oh god okay despacito I was surprised. I was so surprised. Not Old Town Road. Um, it's I wish. Uh, what would have gotten? I would have thought maybe Old Town Road. Not not I, Despacito. Not Despacito. I I, I thought that too. Um, um, I I would have never guessed this in a million years. Okay, Lay it on us. It's the weekend's blinding lights. Whoa, really? Is the number one song of all time in Billboard's in, history. Oh, in what way? Yeah, well, uh, it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all, it's all time, all time sales, all time single shit. sales. Well, yeah. I mean, because you're adding in Spotify plays. Well, now it's consumption. Nobody's, consumption. Yeah, 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 yeah. Consumption plays in. Right, Nobody bought a copy of Blinding Lights. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's so. Most streamed song of all time, I guess. Wild. Yeah, metric gets weird. Yeah, plays into it. I just wouldn't think of it that song. Like, for instance, like Old Town Road. I'd be like, yeah, cool. All right, let's move on. Yeah. I know why that was huge. Great. Yeah. Just like kind of a wow, left crazy. Field. It is. It's very strange. Yeah. And, and I can't, for, I, for some reason, can't like accept the weekend's place in our culture. I like, I don't, it doesn't make sense I to me. I feel similar. Like, I don't dislike <laughs> him at all, but it's just like, it does no. the halftime show and I'm like, okay. And then, you know, yeah then it's you know five songs that i'm sort of familiar with or whatever but like yeah like something like that it makes sense but it also is like i don't i don't know anybody who loves the weekend you know i don't couldn't name an album really like he he sort of like came into my life probably through like pitchfork or some sort of like music blog thing or whatever yeah like uh like hype machine or yeah something like that, all that yeah was yeah going on at that time yeah uh yeah yeah and now he's you know now he's this huge star and i still feel like he could walk right past me and i wouldn't know who he was <laughs> i didn't watch the idol yeah i kind of feel that way i mean i would recognize ed sheeran but i i feel that way about ed sheeran where i really yeah. like him i like his music i'm not a huge fan but i know it i like it 
But then I find out that he does like four nights at MetLife. And you're like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah. He is way yeah. bigger yeah. than I imagine. It's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Like it's something happened culturally in the last 20 years where it's, I, I it, and maybe it's my age, but it just seems like th- things like that happen a lot more. The, I remember the first one was I passed Madison Square Garden. This probably in the mid aughts. And Dispatch was playing like five nights at Madison Square Garden. And it was like, I'm aware of that band, kind uh, of. I think I was at one of those really? shows. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like that's yeah. kind of like Fish doing the Baker's sure. Dozen okay. at MSG. Like, you yeah. can do it in one yeah. place. Can they okay. do it everywhere? Okay. I don't know. But yeah, I used to love Dispatch yeah. back in the day. I, I mean, I was just talking the other day uh, about that time I was with you, Theo, on the, on the subway several years ago. And I saw that Panic at the Disco was playing MSG, and I was like, "How? What? Yeah. Like they were an emo band that was huge, and then did some weird records, and were doing like theaters probably, yeah. and then something happened. had a huge hit, and now they're at MSG. Like what? Craziness. Just crazy, and goes to show our splintered taste these days. Like things sure. can be, things can be massive, and and I have no idea, no not no idea about it, which is." Kind of fun, but also at the same time, I'm like, it's really hard and, to keep track yeah. of things. Meanwhile, like all these folks I just read on the top 10, sure. I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right. It's, all, it's, it's especially hard when, you know, keeping track of that stuff is part of your, your, pers- your personality, your, your, like your being, you know? Um, yeah. Like this is, this is what we do and think about. And, you know, it, yeah, when you lose touch of it a little bit, it's like, hold on, what's happening? You can't have that, you know? <laughs> it is funny. People know me as, like, the music lover. And they're always like, what are you listening to now? And I'm like, I really haven't been listening yeah. so much lately. <laughs> like, nothing yeah. terribly new. <laughs> Shit. Podcasts, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's all the stuff you know. And then I found some, like, British band the other day on Bandcamp, and it's awesome. And it's, like, just, like, one little <laughs> yeah. thing that, that you know, I came across, which is which is great. But it also means oh, it that there's, there's pop songs I've never heard. Yeah, um, yeah, which is wild. Oh, when I find something new, I like. I I feel such relief, you know. (laughs) Okay, not dead yet. At the 2000 Grammys, Smooth won three Grammys for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals. The album just totally destroyed. Um, It beat Michael Jackson's Thriller for most honored album at the Grammys. And Carlos was the first Latinx artist to win Album of the Year and Best Rock Album. And prior to this, Santana only had one Grammy. Dang, that's crazy. Holy cow. Yeah, so wild. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. These things are, you, you gotta let Clive Davis just do his thing. Man. <laughs> yeah, you definitely do. If he, if, he wants to, if he wants to throw you a little party in a recording studio, let him do it. Mm-hmm. This song's in like a million movies and TV shows. We usually cover that. Sure. Uh, it's too many to count. And there aren't like a lot of iconic scenes that it's in. Um. I was reminded of the Ben Stiller, uh, Jenna Elfman, Edward Norton rom-com Keeping the Faith about a rabbi and a a, uh, Catholic priest in love with the same woman. And that song is in that Mm. movie. And I hadn't thought about that in so long. Great concept. Directed by Ed Norton. Well, you're, yeah. Directed by Ed Norton. Uh, I think I saw it in the theater. You know. Oh, no, you didn't. You saw it on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) You know. I think I saw it on a date. I think I saw it on a date, but wow, you know. But instead, I thought I'd highlight two sketches based on the song. One I had seen before. I think I've seen both these before. This one definitely. Uh, it's from The Onion, and this headline has come up many times since, and I laugh every time. Man, it's a hot one. Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas swept last night's Grammy Awards. The catchy Latin-flavored hit released in 1999 took home awards for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals, and Best Short Form Music Video. The win marks the 13th consecutive Song of the Year victory for Smooth, but there weren't any hard feelings among the losing nominees. Fun's Nate Roos told reporters, quote, It's an honor to be nominated in a category that Smooth has dominated for over a decade. No question it was the best song of the year. With their multi-year victories, Santana and Thomas cement their place in Grammy history alongside Chubby Checker's record 38 consecutive best new artist wins. It's just, it's too good. It's Santana and Rob it. Thomas's Smooth <laughs> sweeps Grammy Awards for 13th year in a row. Perfect. It's perfect. Published in 2013. <laughs> God. 
God, they're good. <laughs> Absurd. Taylor Swift enthusiastically sings along <laughs> with or else forget about it. I love that they list all the all the categories and it's like best rap performance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, perfect. There's another one that I I now remember seeing after I read about this. It's from Funny or Die. We don't have to watch the whole thing, but you should later. Um It's a crime show yeah. trailer based on Smooth, <laughs> starring all the members of Matchbox Starting 20. They're all in it. They're all oh, in I it. It's very that. funny. This fall, TV's hottest new drama is based on music's greatest song. Man, it's a hot one. I'd say about seven inches from the midday sun. I guess this guy couldn't handle the heat. Word to the wise. When this town gets rough, you gotta stay smooth. Rob Thomas and Gary Bruckheimer like total, like, present CBS Smooth, crime drama. the series. Oh, Matt, Based on the lyrics of the song. That's amazing. Ain't good enough. I would give my world to lift you up. I would change my life to better suit your mood. Do you know why? Oh, I think that's a shirt. Okay, that guy... Uh, guy in the, in the jacket with the badge. 1999. Uh, went on to marry uh, uh, Moon Unit Zappa. No way. They have a what? Together. That that yeah. song wow. is definitely on my list of songs to cover. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah that. Yeah, she had like uh, one hit with her dad, which is Valley Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's been on my list too. Theo. No, no, the, like culturally huge. Yeah, huge. Like we still say <laughs> Valley Girl. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I scrolled through this funny or die video a little bit and I love this. They have like fake lines from from reviews. And this one is from the Cincinnati yeah. Sun. And it says smooth, completely exhausts its own premise in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I love it. Really great. You know, and that's what I love about the guy is that he wouldn't ever have done that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he never did sell out yeah. for this, you know? Definitely not. He, he could have done this kind of thing and never. Oh yeah, never did. Totally. Always respected. Um, now listen, I I did go. I did find some. I didn't find the Matchbox Twenty koozie, but I did find another oh. artifact that will be satisfying. Maybe um, there used to be. Um, so Rob lived in Soho. I lived in East Village, and like in between, there was a place, and I forget the name of the place. But on Wednesday nights, it would start at like one in the morning. There was karaoke. And it was like the weirdest assortment of like actors and musicians and comics oh, wow. and whatever. And they would do karaoke for like two hours. And then the last hour, the people who ran it um, would do a full awards show, <laughs> like with with like banter, like jokes for the presenters to tell and nominees. And and it was like this whole thing. And you leave it like five in the morning. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. And it was, it was it was like the place to be for like six weeks. It was just one of these like lightning in a bottle, incredible things. Anyway, um, one night, uh, Rob and I went and, and we were there and it was just and like Rufus Wainwright and his sister were there. And like, oh it was just gosh. like insane. We were both like, what the fuck did we just stumble into? And, um, and so we sang, uh, we sang islands in the stream. I was dying <laughs> and, and we won. We won a Jeezy Award, wow. a gold there it is. Jesus statue for best duet. Oh my gosh. And uh and I was like, you have actual Grammys, so I'm going to hold on <laughs> if you don't mind. Jeezy before Jeezy. That's fair. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So that's that is incredible and I love that you have that. That's it's fantastic. an item from my from my museum. Oh, I love that. That is that is a very so excellent. Museum, but yeah. Yeah. That's so excellent. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us, Dave. That was. Thank you for allowing me to share that with you. <laughs> of Thank course. you for giving me the opportunity of course. to share that with you and the world. We usually do like a where are they now? It's not super necessary on this one. It's, uh, yeah. We know where they're at. They are now. Um, they're both, they're mm-hmm. both touring and making records. Um, well, we got the Rob real Thomas. Rob Thomas update there. Living in New York, still married. Love we did. That. Oh, that's true. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. but I touring, like, um, uh, new record out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, this year. Carlos Santana is how old now? He's got to be up there. Uh, yeah. He's got to be in his C-80? 70s. He was 51 when this came out. So in his 70s. 75? Yeah. 74? Um, okay. So yeah, Rob Thomas and Matchbox 20 are still out on the road. They released a new record this year. And as I mentioned, Rob Thomas had a short, though quite successful solo career after Smooth. 
and he's co-written songs with dozens of prominent artists because he co-wrote Smooth, including Willie Nelson, Mick Jagger, Mark Anthony, Travis Tritt, Daughtry, and more. Santana released Shaman, a follow-up to Supernatural in 2002, which debuted at number one and featured the number five hit, The Game of Love, featuring Michelle Branch. I always assumed that song was on Supernatural. I think I, did <laughs> I didn't too, know yeah. that was on a different yeah, record. Yeah, same. Because that was the duets record, and Shaman oh. wasn't really. He just had a few people on it. Um, yeah, but you know they had to do. They oh, had, yeah. yeah. They had to try for totally. and that, Smooth Part 2. That song's great. She's so good in that song. And it's so good. Uh, and that's the guy from New Radicals. Yeah. No yes. way, really? Yeah. Right? Yeah, Greg Alexander. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, he wrote. You can hear it. Like, the next time you hear it, oh, yeah. you'll yeah, hear it. He wrote, he wrote that song. We haven't covered You Get What You Give yet, but it's coming. And I love that oh, record love so that much. God, I love that song so much, too. I totally that's agree. Um, My mom loves Sam- that, that song. It's like the one song she remembers from like, yeah. my childhood of listening to music. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's undeniable. It's, it's so It's good. undeniable. It puts that, me in a good mood every time. That whole record's great. Crying Like a Church on a Monday is yeah. an all-timer. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so good. Um, yeah. Santana is also still on the road and on tour this summer after releasing a few albums in the 2010s, including one produced by Rick Rubin. In 2021, Santana released a new album, Blessings and Miracles. Notably, this album reunited our boys, Rob and Carlos, for the first time in 22 years in the song Move. Not smooth, but move. Yeah. Let's all check it out. I don't know. Uh, it, I was, it also no, features no, and was co-written by the band American Authors. Oh, wow. I gotta say, 20 years later, Rob and Santana and Carlos look great. They look awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They've they been aged a, a minute. This, I remember seeing... Wasn't there like a post-pandemic show or a mid-pandemic show or something in Central Park? And it kind of didn't go off the way that they hoped that it would. I'm sure. Because um, there was, like, maybe the, the weather was bad, or there was another wave of some variant or something. This I don't know. Remember, like, there was a big Paul Simon, yeah, like, this does sound very Central familiar, Park actually. show. Um, and they, yeah. they. De- well, I don't know if they debuted it. They, I heard it for the first time. As part of that, that does sound familiar because I feel like and I remember I, seeing these two names together, and it being like a very COVID thing, where it's like, oh, of course, they're bringing back like that nostalgia feeling of yeah. life before the pandemic. Better well, than too. Yeah. So this record is very similar to Supernatural in that it's a lot of like a lot of collaborators, both legends and more contemporary artists, and uh, both legends and American authors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh and they and they I mean like Chris Stapleton's on this record and like a bunch of other folks, but uh they they recorded most of it remotely. Like people recorded their own parts outside of the hashtag over. outside of the studio together. Yeah. This song's Yeah, it did not it's did, fine. Did. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's no smooth. No smooth. It's no smooth. Not much good. It's smooth is smooth. Um Falling Up Smooth with Move is a it's, it's yeah, a, right? It's a, a, <laughs> I thought the same that's thing. A, that's risky. It's risky. <laughs> it, it, it took me a minute to think of that, and yeah. I was like, "Wait a minute!" But it's funny because it's a similar story as far as uh, Carlos tells it. He said mm-hmm. the album was done, <laughs> and they didn't feel like they had a single. Call and he Rob said, Thomas. "Well, what did we do last time? This happened. Go back to the well. Let's call Rob." And then Rob said that, like he and Carlos, they became very close, and uh, he said they they text a lot, and every so often he said like. After both of them had had some wine, it'd be like, we should collaborate again. Let's do something. And this has been going on for 20 years. And mm-hmm. finally, Carlos was like, it's happening. Let's do it. I'm like, we need a song. Um, song did all right. It peaked at number 11 on the adult contemporary chart. Uh, huh. it, it did not hit the Hot 100, but it hit, it hit the audience it needed to. So, sure. Um, yeah. yeah. If you, if the first couple comments of this YouTube video were the general public, the song would have 
gone number one for three months as well. Oh, Pete, I read <laughs> I read the comments and people are just like, oh, they're back people are together. Enthusiastic. I'm oh, so they should psyched. do a whole album Rob together. Carlos, <laughs> like, yeah, it's so good. It's it's very it's it's very sweet. It's very cool. But you know what? That's again, like that's what they did well. They like, well, I mean, obviously they wrote and produced the song very well, but they also didn't like they didn't like say up oh, well this this is working let's do so much more of it let's let's get the world sick of us you know it was one and done that's a true. gigantic song and they didn't totally you know they didn't they didn't uh they didn't wring every penny out of it which by the uh, which i'm certain some record label person was like do that and once oh, again carlos was like, no yeah. how much money do i need i we're not i'm yeah. not let's let's just let 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 a thing be a thing totally and i mean how many collaborations in the past has been like one cool song and they're like we're making a whole record together and sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't and i don't know if this one would have would have panned out the way the way they wanted it to no 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 indeed well that's the full story i want to i want to close out with a few quotations because i just i can't summarize this any better than some of these wonderful Mm -hmm. music journalists have done um the first is from the esquire article uh by by duncan he says it's a bit of a paradox a tale of both deep cynicism and wide-eyed idealism of cold industry calculus and luminous virtuosity it contains lessons about joy anxiety and luck and how every so often the three combine to produce something eternal it remains a best-selling stream is regularly heard at weddings and has inspired multiple memes around thomas's opening line man mm-hmm. it's a hot one <laughs> and i i just love what he said about yeah. like the industry stuff it's like this could have gone so awry based on like all the things involved i'm sure plenty of songs have that have followed that kind of story um but they yeah. just they found some magic and i th- i think we're all better for it <laughs> now sure. that i, I have, have lived through this story i i kind of feel that way yeah i'm with you David Brown, who edited the Rolling Stone oral history, said, It's easy to forget that 20 years ago, when cross-genre alliances weren't in vogue, the very idea of smooth seemed absurd. Pair up a classic rock veteran who'd been hitless with a singer who was both 25 years younger and affiliated with a very different style of rock. Add in a song whose lyrics and melody had to be overhauled, potential record company legal hurdles, and argument starting vocal effect— on paper, nothing seemed more like a potential train wreck than smooth. That is interesting because you, we, I think so, we mentioned it earlier. We're so used to this type of collaboration happening in the Grammys. Yeah. But it probably wasn't happening no. before this song. I mean, this song might have sparked that right. generation of CMT the Crossroads when that came out was a huge deal. Like it was like, oh my oh, God, yeah, yeah. we've got these. Was that after this? Or it was this? shortly after, like early I, 2000s. I think it was after. I think it was. It just just wasn't happening a lot, and now we're like, "Oh, Trent Reznor and Halsey made a whole record together." Yeah, I think to your point, Run DMC and Aerosmith was probably the first, one of the first for sure. Yeah, or yeah, huge mainstream one. One of the first for sure. I mean, I think even at the time, like Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson was a big deal. Um, Yeah, you know, just this didn't happen as much, and now we like we might take it for granted. Like, I'm glad these barriers are broken down, and uh, people are collaborating and. Yeah, and like I, I think now I think young music fans now are like see that kind of thing and 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 are like, what's the big deal? Because that's what all of music is. You know, the idea like uh, one thing that's really great about streaming is that you don't have to rely on the radio anymore. And radio is always so compartmentalized and so siloed. And so, like, you listen to this radio station, and that means you're a fan of this kind of music, and that means you're this kind of person. And that's gone now because everyone's got their own thing. And it's, and it's like, it's not natural to only like one genre of music. And so, like, everybody's, everybody's thing is so mixed, you know, specifically for themselves. So, like, like why wouldn't like yeah. country yeah. and rap go together and why wouldn't like uh, all of the you know it, it doesn't why would you keep them apart it doesn't make sense you know like for, like you can kind of get yourself to thinking that but i think young people growing up just assume it you know rob thomas had some funny things to say about the song he said uh it went through the hey this is a good cool summer jam and then the hey we're all sick of this song and never want to hear it again <laughs> and then it went through uh-huh. the 
Hey, let's listen to that song again. I remember it. That sounds good still. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what you dream for in a song, right? Oh, it totally is. Because we've had plenty of episodes where even the artist is still like, never again. Please. <laughs> never. And he, uh, Rob says, even today, in all honesty, I'm okay if I never hear it. I love playing it. I love performing it. I play it every night. I have a great joy every time I do it. But I'm okay if I don't hear it again. <laughs> sure. Funny. That makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the, there's a guy who would have been fine, who would have been more than fine, like would have been set for life just on that first Matchbox 20 album alone. Sure. And then this other thing comes along that's just like, okay, now, God, I mean, I can't imagine the checks from radio. Play. <laughs> I just, I can't. Life's well, changing. and he, and he, he co-wrote the song. He's got the publishing too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's just Life changing. Furthermore, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I like that uh, Matt Sertelik, who uh, produced the song. He just talks about. He's like, think about it. It's got hook after hook after hook. It's like the drum part, the guitar part, the verse, the mm-hmm. pre-chorus, which was supposed to be the actual chorus, and then they wrote another chorus on top of that. <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. constant. It's just constant catchiness and. Nobody, like, I don't think we could ever do that again. It's basically what he was trying to say. So, well, most uh, of us can't do it the first time. Yeah, so. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Good for you. Um, yeah. And uh, Tom Brahan at Stereo Gum always sums it up so well. He, he basically said, This song was just too fucking catchy to fail. <laughs> it's just hooks on top of hooks. And they're the diamond sharp type that sink into your brain and can never be extracted. And I love this part. He says, smooth isn't just stuck in my head right now. It's stuck in yours, too. If you're old enough, smooth has been playing on loop in your head for more than 20 years. Right now, this very second, smooth is squirming its way through some part of your cerebellum, and it will remain there until the day you die. It's eternal. (laughs) It's just like the ocean under the moon. And then he ends the article with, when the earth is consumed by the sun, the last surviving humans will still have smooth playing in their heads as they breathe dying breaths, it will be a hot one. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's a, that's a mic drop for the episode. Wow. <laughs> the man is good. What, what did he give it? What's the score that he gave it? He gave Smooth a seven. Yeah, seven. Oh. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Tough customer. Tough customer. This, this is a perfect um, example of uh, someone told me once, if you have to rate something, one to ten, can't say seven. So it's like, do you feel enough to say it's an eight or is, is it a six? But that's where, you know, you got you to test yourself. Seven's easy. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going eight. I'm going, eight, I'm going eight on this yeah. one. Yeah. I, th- I, I might actually have to go seven. Because, <laughs> I mean, it is, it's obviously so good. But, yeah, I mean, I can't. It's, you know. Yeah. The, the damage that. <laughs> overplaying well, it's, it's done it's not it's fault i may not have said yeah. seven ten fifteen years ago uh i think it may i thought you were gonna say uh, to ten hours ago after researching this song <laughs> <laughs> yeah or i might not have said eight eight at that point but, yeah yeah also after i don't know i've lived with smooth for four days guys i was <laughs> i was i was on a yeah you're really you're really in i it. was on a train to philly you're and back the on the wi-fi on amtrak just reading everything about this song so yeah that's smooth that's smooth guys Woo. that's that's the story we did it I have never felt smoother <laughs> uh, or hotter, quite frankly. Uh, that was great. What a what a lovely walk down memory lane. I'm happy. I'm happy you had fun, Dave. I hope I hope you also yeah. learned a couple tidbits too. I did. I Love did. It. I absolutely Excellent. did. That's the best when someone's like, "Yeah, I know some of these folks. I really like this music." And then there's a couple things uh-huh. that are surprising. It's always fun. Yeah. Yeah, always good. Thank you for educating. Yeah, me. thanks for ha- thanks for coming on the show, yeah. Dave. This was so fun. Thanks for spending. My pleasure. I thought this one might go long, and then also we went on so many amazing yeah. tangents, which makes it even better. Um, that's, yeah. that's the fun of it. That's the way that it works. Maybe they yeah, have. Thank you for having. Yeah, me. Of any excuse to run my mouth about this kind <laughs> of thing, I'll, I'll take it. We appreciate it. Well, we appreciate it, and thanks. My thanks for inspiring with your podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it. Dave, do you have really do. do you have anything going on you want to tell uh that you wanted a hitters about? Um oh boy, we have fun. Oh boy, there's 
fun stuff coming at Esquire this autumn, but I can't talk about it yet. Um, I, um, I did listen every now and then opportunities like this come in and I say, yes, um, there, there's a new game show network show, uh, called blank slate. Mario Lopez is hosting. It's sort of match game esque. Cool. Um, and, uh, and they called and they're like, do you want to do a bunch of episodes? And I was like, you know what? Why not? Of course. So that's where it was today. Oh, amazing. That's that was incredible. The thing I was today. <laughs> so I'm doing uh, a bunch of episodes of that. Mario Lopez is, is a, a national treasure. <laughs> he's so handsome. He's so professional. He's like, he's funny. He's like, it's crazy. I, I went in I hoping, it. or not hoping, but I, I went in expecting to resent him. He's <laughs> he's the greatest living American. All right, <laughs> love it. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that um, confidence. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, cool. yeah. And I would say, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter to like because uh, I will promote all my stuff there. But I don't know that I can say that anymore. Threads, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Threads. <laughs> We're blue sky, maybe. We've been struggling with it. It's been good for the podcast, but uh, for instance, that's how yeah. that's how we ended up meeting. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It really is. Yeah. It's unworkable. It's unusable. Um it makes me sad it's every it, time it, I go it on. It's increasingly yeah, offensive. I mean, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, no, it, it too is like it was great for me in my early years. It made like it's it's how it's honestly like how my career as a writer started because I like I could DM like editors of things yeah. who might have been following me because they knew me from TV or whatever, but like um, it made me sharper as a joke writer, and then and then I could like DM people and be like, hey, let me write for you, yeah, and that worked, and that's you know that's great, and I like collaborators and friends and, and stuff I met on Twitter, and now you know I mean we met and that's good and things like that are still possible and I'll probably still check it every week or so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, like it's, it's not, it's not my go-to anymore. Yeah. What a bummer. Yeah. Well, we are so happy we met you and happy to have you on the show. Do you have, yeah, uh, do you have a podcast that's currently running as well? I do. Well, I do. Yeah. I have uh homophilia, which is my like weekly show with my friend, Matt McConkie. It's on the world of wonder network where we talk to cool LGBTQ people about their lives. Awesome. We just had Jake Shears on, uh, from who has a, a really good solo album out this summer. Very cool. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, a, a game show podcast called Troubled Waters that I do every uh, twice a I month. I didn't know about this. Uh, it's on Maximum Fun. Yeah, that's a oh, fun. I love it. Um, yeah. And then I'm doing another sort of investigative podcast that'll be out later this year uh, that is about... Um, uh, well, we haven't announced it yet, okay. but it's, it's about a, a, a pop culture subject that is near and dear to us. Ah, all right. So, Dave, I'm um, psyched. Yeah, so it'll be out later this year. I'm so psyched because your uh, uh, investigative journalism work on uh, Waiting for Impact was excellent. So I'm excited. Thanks. Thanks. God, that was really fun to do. I'm so glad you listened yeah, it's, and enjoyed. It's so good. Thank you. Well, Dave, it's been, a, it's been a ride. It's been a great ride. Thanks for, it really thanks has. for hanging with it us. It really has. It's been a hot one, quite frankly. <laughs> um, I don't think we need to end with anything else. That's, that's dead on. That's dead on. That's a wrap on this episode of You Wanted a Hit. Thanks for listening. Good luck getting that song out of your head. If you enjoyed the show, please do all the things podcasts usually ask you to. They really help. Tell a friend about the show, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, write a review on your favorite podcast app, and visit our website, ywahpod.com. That's ywahpod.com for updates on new episodes and our merch store. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, stickers, and more, and it all goes back into the podcast. We would love to hear what you thought of the episode, and we also want to hear if there's something that we missed. You can reach us on Instagram and Twitter at ywahpod or directly via email at ywahpod at gmail.com. This podcast was researched, produced, recorded, and edited by me and Theo Bible. And our theme music is by Air Doctor. We'll see you next time.